What can be learned from a story woven out of fragmented moments of joy, pain, and blissful awareness? I wrote my first book, Flesh Mapping, in 2013. It was an invitation into co-creating a pedagogy, a way of learning through our shared narratives of plays and politics, a way of mapping the injuries of the material, emotional, spiritual impact of all our many journeys of growth. Some may call it struggle, forced poverty, displacement, hunger, and war. As a child raised in war, I've learned many lessons. And in the art of living, I'm inviting some of my heroes some of the people who walk with me, who have taught me to walk in beautiful ways, to see co-creation, to see community as our immunity to pain, to suffering, to wanting. Welcome. I'm your host, Sylvia Richardson, and this is The Art of Living. I'm very privileged this morning to be joined by Dr. Marcelo Saavedra, he's an Aymara elder from Bolivia and a professor of indigenous studies in Ottawa. Thank you for joining us, Marcelo. I'm so glad to hear your voice, Silvia, again. Mm. It's been uh, a couple of months now. I'm very glad to also be listened by your audience. I hope they are in good spirits today, as I am. Thank you. When I thought about our conversation today, I was moved by a, a book I'm reading about the social life of trees and the way that trees have this beautiful ways of communicating with each other, the way their roots are intertwined, the way uh, young trees will feed a trunk that has been severed and cut because the survival of every tree ensures the survival of the forest. So I want to begin by talking a little bit about the wounds um, because a wounded tree tends to heal itself in particular ways. You know, a tree depends on its community to reflect its health. And likewise, I think many indigenous communities, many of original peoples in Aviala, which is known as Latin America, have through time immemorial have, you know, tenants that sustain a way of coexisting, a way of life. Yeah, I think your observation about the tree nation is quite relevant because we believe that uh, the trees are our ancestors because, uh, in fact, if, if, even with the uh, Western sciences, we can prove that through time, our ancestors have gone back to the earth and they have become the elements that make up the trees. So in in a very textual way, the trees are our ancestors and that they are our grandfathers and grandmothers as well. And the tree nation, as we call them, it's very wise. It's, it's been on the land for thousands and hundreds and thousands of years. Actually, they have been one of the first life forms that has come up to land from the oceans. So they are quite old in that sense. They are very, very wise. And when we need some comfort, so we need to get in touch with our spirits, with our ancestors, we go to the tree nations, to the forest, and we just 
be humble with them. We keep quiet. We go into our inner beings and we sustain very profound conversations, very deep in their, in their psychological sense and in their spiritual sense, for, uh, first and foremost. In the book, one of the oldest trees is 9,500 years old. Oh, yeah. It's remarkable. It is quite remarkable because they are like that. They are, they, they, we can consider them like each tree, it's a whole universe, you know, because it holds all the ecological layers that living beings need to, to be alive on this planet. So a single tree actually allows many other species to, to coexist with it. So in that sense, it's a whole system of life, you know, it, it nurtures life in, in different forms, like uh, from the bacteria that you can find in the woods to the, to the winged ones in the, in the trunk, in, in the branches, and also the, the mammals, small and large, that also need the tree and live thanks to the tree. So in a way, the trees are our grandmothers, and our grandfathers as well. They allow life to thrive on this planet. As I was reading the book, I was moved to tears to think about all the clear cutting that takes place in Canada and in many places in the world, but I, we live in Canada. So I, I was thinking about um, the way that the land also records that wound, you know, the way that mass clear cuts uh, have now led to erosion and terrible disasters that have followed. Uh, this summer, for instance, the fires that have terrified, you know, thousands of people in different areas of Canada and the fires that continue to terrorize people in some parts of California um, are one of the evidence that we are not living in a coexisting way. So can we talk a little bit about the teachings of the grandfathers? Because there are instructions there that helps us orient our, you know, a way of being, a way of seeing, a way of connecting with one another that ensures not only our subsistence, but also the, the thriving of all life. Our mature cultures like the Anishinaabe nation here in the east of what we call now Canada, that's a colonial term, by the way, uh, like uh, mature cultures like the Aymara nation, like the Mapuche nation in Chile, or what is now known as Chile, because we had our own names, you know, but that, that would be like another interview, I guess. But um, they, they, they have known that uh, our Mother Earth or Pachamama has always imposed us to live well and in coexistence with the others, with the, with the human nations and with the non-human nations. And uh, our, my, my cultural ancestors, like my ancestors belonging to my same culture, since they were so wise living on the land for thousands of years, they were able to express what Mother Earth had taught them in words, they told they, they named this as Suma Kamanya in my language, which means living and coexisting well. That's the closest term I have gotten to arrive to using the English language, 
because, as you know, the indigenous language, they're more like um, verb and action centered, not like the colonial languages, like are more like non-centered. So the, the Western mind is a linear mind. They call them natural resources. And by naming them resources, they are reading them to exploitation, to extraction. And they are valuable only as long as they go into the market system. That is the capitalist market system. I did I did not see all the service in, uh, in environmental studies, they call it services that nature provides. And they manage to try to measure the so-called services that a given environment provides to us human beings. And they decided not to use that anymore because that, that would be like uh, trillions of dollars in expressing dollars. And so they prefer just to assume that these things come for free. And that's why they extract and exploit them until there is no more of them, like what is happening to the boreal forest in Canada, which is one of the most important forests in the pl on the planet because it provides so much oxygen, almost in the same quantity as the Amazon. And, uh, you know, it, this boreal forest is being clear-cut the, for the benefit of just a tiny bunch of most of them transnational corporations. You know, I, I was thinking about... Um the the linkages between the health of our earth and the health of the people and um i was reading a, a book it's actually um it's actually called the um unbroken soul and in it the, the author talks about how since 1980 we talk about post traumatic stress disorder you know this PTSD. According to the Psychiatric Association, there's like 60% of the American people have suffered from some traumatizing event. How 50%, if you go according to the World Health Association, has suffered some traumatizing event. And I can't help to think about the trauma of living in a world with constant uncertainty to climate change, to displacement, to fires, to earthquakes, to tsunamis. So in order for us to heal ourselves, which I think is wholeness in my view, um, you know, healing really means wholeness, being uh, not compartmentalized into pieces. Now I'm a worker, now I'm a human being. But, you know, living a whole life, um, that allows to see other people as part of our wholeness. How do we reconnect that? Because I, I believe that among indigenous people, we have a very different definition of illness. You know, the illness is a reflection, not just of physical symptoms, but of something else. Yeah, that you're completely right. And uh, as in the, in the indigenous communities, like everywhere, in, in, on, the, on this land, on the back of the turtle, or in uh, in the Anahuac, or in the Tehuantinsuyu, uh, which is the Inca Confederacy, we believe the, that when a person gets ill, it is because the the surroundings in which this person lives is also in disequilibrium. You know, and we we know that we have been living in an 
in a geo geological era that already has a name, they call it the Anthropocene, the, the geological era of the human, but that's not a very uh, completely true because this is not uh, the age of all the humans, it's just the geological era that uh, a, a very minute fraction of the human population has caused those, those living in so-called developed countries. So I don't call it the Anthropocene. I rather call it the Stultusin. Stultus means in Latin stupid. So it's the age of this stupidity. Because we know that we are killing our only the only planet we got and we keep on you know doing things as usual, business as usual. And in the process we are creating the environment for an extinction to occur. But this extinction is going to reach us humans and we are going to disappear from from this planet. It is not the Earth that is going to succumb because our planet has sustained already five massive extinctions, the most important being the Cambrian extinction, which uh, about 96 to 97 percent of life disappeared from Earth. But it took our mother Earth just a couple of millions of years that for her is nothing to repopulate the planet again with life. So when a person is with an illness, that is reflected in his or her community. And that the community has to find the solutions to bring that person to equilibrium again. And that equilibrium is not only within the person, but also without the person. That is the person with, its, with all its relations, with all his or her relations, that is with the natural world. The intervention of the medicine people, the intervention of the grandmothers and grandfathers, is basically to heal the spirit of this person. So that healing that takes place in the spirit realm eventually becomes also the healing of the physical body that the person has, that the spirit has. You know, so that's very true when you see that um, nowadays we can see the waters of our planet becoming scarcer, becoming more and more polluted. The same thing with the earth and the same thing with all four sacred elements that we believe in. One of them is fire. And as you mentioned, we, we, we see the, that our, we are bringing our Mother Earth to a, to a place of this is when we see that the fire has gotten out of control and it's burning like everywhere and it's... Uh, uh, burning like a, in the boreal forest, in the Amazon, there are big patches of land that are completely burnt out, you know, and that's just uh, like a, a sign that our mother is, is being brought to sickness. So we have the capacity to, to smarten up and to provide a healing trajectory for our kind that is going to reflect herself in our, our mother being back to a, to a proper equilibrated state. And I, I can see this change in my students because I have been teaching at the university level for about 10 years, more or less now. And I see the change in, um, in openness of my students. The kids I teach now, they are in their 20s, more or less, and they know, they feel the urgency that they become better human beings, you know? 
and uh, they are more open to talk about these things. They are more open to talk about what is destroying the survival of our species. They understand that we we cannot talk anymore about the the killing of our planet because that's not the case. Our planet is going to survive whatever we throw at her. But it is us, it is our species that is in grave risk of coming to a mass extinction. So it's all about us. We are the disease, but within the disease, we can also find the elements that are going to provide for our own rescue. We have to change our mindset. We have to start to think in the way our original instructions taught us to think. Well, we have to think back in spirals, in circles, because nowadays we think rationally and linearly, and that's destroying ourselves, it's destroying our species um, along other species as well. You know that at the end of today, there's going to be 200 less species on the planet and they will never come back again, you know? And that's the result of the passage of a tiny fraction of human beings that are the ones that are living with no limits, you know? And basically, they live in the developed world. You are listening to Latin Waves. This is an interview with Marcelo Cervedra, University of Ottawa professor and Indigenous elder, talking about Indigenous ways of knowing and wisdom. For more information and previous shows please feel free to go to www.latinwaysmedia.com. And now back to the interview. In one of your teachings uh, in the past, you've brought up the tenets of the Inca Confederacy, the instructions you know, to not be lazy, to not lie, and to not steal. And it seems to yeah. me that when you look at the capitalist system, every single one of those tenets is has been violated. You know, we are seeing now the President Trump has open uh, drilling of the coastal waters in all on the U.S. With all the evidence that we already have, where we drill, we spill. You know, I mean, it's not it's not if, it's always when. And so, how do we then guide? ourselves back to equilibrium? How do we recover this essential tenets of, um, of living well and coexisting well with Mother Nature, with each other? Yeah, I think your, your, your question is, is quite uh, urgent and it's quite important because um, what I see in my students when they first approach uh, the courses in Indigenous Studies is that they are looking for for answers to many of their existential questions they have. And they don't find the proper answers anywhere in the sciences. Because, and at some point, they come to realize that the new religion of the modern times, which is sciences, it has failed them because it, it doesn't provide a proper responses to their questioning. But when they approach the indigenous world in which we indigenous people, we are trying to remember the, um, the teachings that, that we got from the land and from our ancestors. Then they, they become more optimistic about their future. You know, like about the 80% of the students I teach, I, I, I ask them, they don't want to have kids anymore. And that's one of our original instructions, but they don't want that because they say, why should I bring 
my son or daughter to this planet. This planet is not going to be good for them anymore. So we're not we're not having children, you know. So um, that makes me very sad because one of our original instructions is to have children. You know, that's how our species uh, goes through time. So I think one of the uh, factors in their awakening is that they have to go back to their ancestors and try to remember who they are. And if they hang around with indigenous uh, grandfathers and grandmothers, they are going to remember in a more easy way and the process as well is going to be more um, more complete and integral. Because in indigenous world, for instance, here, I, I live on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin territory. And here, uh, the elders, they hold the sweat lodge and also vision quests. And if these young people, they do that, they awaken, they awaken to what they, who they are in a, in a more quick fashion and in a more real way as well to remember what they are here for, you know. So I think it's very important that, you know, we are in the year 2018. There is a process of reconciliation. We are not uh, called like savages and uh, uncivilized people anymore. In a way, the modern sciences have acknowledged that we are also people just like them. And that actually we have a lot of wisdom because we belong to cultures that have, that have been on the land for so many thousands of years. So we have a couple of truths to share with them. And that's one of the things that we do. Like, I, you know, I come from the south, from the Andean mountains and from the Amazon as well. And I, I live on Portal Island. So in all this journey, I have been in touch with mature cultures in the Inca Confederacy, I come from there, in the Amazon, in the Anahuac, where you come from, in Mexico, with the Mayan people, and here I was in touch with Haida people out west, I was in touch with the Tingle Nation, in the close to the Northwest Territories, I, I have several friends that belong to the Inuit Nation, and I, of course, I, here I live on Anishinaabe territory, so Many of my friends are Anishinaabe elders. And one thing that I have in, I have found that is commonly uh, to all of our mature cultures is the teaching of sharing. We share with whoever needs to receive something. We share it with expecting nothing in return. And we are ready to share what we have, which is the wisdom we've been keeping we've been guardians of for so many thousands of years now, you know? And uh, as I told you, the modern sciences, especially the, the um, cutting-edge sciences like uh, biology, um, physics, especially quantum physics, this new science which is called biomimicry, and many other uh, cutting-edge sciences, modern sciences, are acknowledging that indigenous peoples they do hold wise teachings that are to be shared with the human species, you know, because we're just the same family. We are sisters and brothers, and we uh, we want to share this with them 
because the survival of our kind is at stake. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Sylvia. Very Take nice care. to hear you. Thank you for listening to The Art of Living. I'm an educational consultant and artist, authored. For more information about upcoming events, workshops, retreats, please reach out to sylviarichardson.com. Until next time, remember to be playful, to celebrate joy, and to allow love in all your co-creations. You'll never have to wonder where the groove went. The groove is you.